0: All right,
1: Um, we're rolling. We're
0: rolling. You hear this? Yeah.
1: (laughs) That's the sound of a scout (laughs) smacking gum between his lips as he watches a kid run a short shuttle. (laughs) It's happening all over Waterloo right now. Hi, everybody. Uh, I don't know where we're going to use this, wherever you're listening to this, whether it's on All Canadian or anywhere else, but... Uh, we have our podcast unit set up here inside the Waterloo Warriors Fieldhouse, which is beautiful, by the way. I've, oh, my God. I've, I've never actually this been inside a, here. This is fantastic. This first is my time first I've been time here. Yeah, yeah, first
0: time I've been in. Great great facility.
1: That's Connor. That's Wade. I'm Marshall, by the way. Um, <laughs> you guys know who we are by now. As we just start talking. <laughs> but, um, so the 40s are all done. Um, the testing is starting to wind down. We're going to record a recap to kind of big picture stuff once everything else is is completely finished. But what have you guys noticed so far that's caught your eye through the early stages of testing,
2: uh, Justice Allen absolutely blazing today. Uh, jumped well. He's ran out of this world. Uh, his forty was speedy.
0: Uh, for me, it's it's Zach Erzog answering questions early. A lot of questions about him, and I think you know he's come out. He jumped well. For the most part, he's run well. I mean, he's answered a lot of those kind of early questions I had about him. But I'm excited to see. Excited to get pads on. See you guys in pads now, too. Yeah,
1: that's going to be nice, too. It's uh, They're just finishing up the shuttles here. I feel like I'm talking like Jim Nance on, like, the, the 16th green right now because we're next to the actual testing happening, and I'm scared that all the scouts are going to stop and look at us. Uh, but, yeah, for me, I think the one that's jumped out the most, and we actually had Kenny Stafford is wandering around here, free agent CFL receiver, who's in the uh, CFL Players Association internship program, and, and he was saying that Enoch Penny Larea has jumped out yeah. to him because yeah. his numbers – and, again, I – I don't have the official numbers in front of me right now, but uh, he jumped, I think, 35.
2: 36 and a half. 36 of the and a half. Tall, highest of the day.
1: Yeah, okay. like as a defensive lineman. And he, like, he didn't. I'm not saying this as slander to anybody who's trained him at MAC. He looked like he didn't know what he was doing when he was jumping. He was spiking a volleyball. <laughs> <laughs> like, he was just jumping. Just trying to the, get over the net. It's, well, my favorite people that that jump in the vert are those that almost knock over the vertex like <laughs> I, so i had i had a friend uh at mcmaster who would jump and had no hand eye to be able to hit the actual so they would just hit the base and it would constantly <laughs> like just, just rock. shake it yeah back we it. all know that friend who does like just messes up the test but completely.
0: we had oh speaking of like guys that don't know how to test i think i've i don't know if i've told you this story but i've told it like on the podcast before my former roommate carter matheson yeah. had never run a 40 before oh, lines up like stiff, sti- Everything is stiff. Legs are straight. Arm is straight down. Runs a four four three. What? Never first, run a forty before in his life. That was his
2: first day at Ottawa U. And then our, he went on to G. Our coach didn't believe like it. He's
0: like, a- run it again. So he runs it again. He runs a four four six. Our coach is like, I still don't believe this. Run it again. He runs like a f- <laughs> four five two.
1: My first. By the way, that's not a fire alarm. That's the uh, the scissor left. In case anybody's wondering here, don't worry. We're we're not in danger. Uh, but my first year at McMaster, they hand timed the forties. It was the only time I was sub five. I was like four. <laughs> to the bank. I was like four nine nine hand timed, and then the rest of my life they went electronic. I was like, "Come on, guys!" Like my numbers got worse every single year, essentially, because. Here of that. comes uh,
2: here comes Zach Herzog up here at the. Uh, here we, so let's, here we go. Yeah. Jim Nance, on the, on take it away. Sixteenth green,
1: <laughs> Zach Herzog running his short shuttle. His left hand is down in the ground, a little tight in the hips. Wearing the Adidas cleats today, breaks out to the left, taps. That's all good. Back to the right, taps. Runs through the middle and finishes strong. It's quick. We'll get that time for you coming
0: up. Just go to CFL.ca. Got to take style points off for the Adidas cleats, though. Everybody knows checks over stripes. Oh,
1: yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> um, yeah, he's he's an interesting prospect. Like, he's actually created some buzz around here today, though. I just, think he has. And he, he hasn't even put the pads on yet. No. And you guys were saying he's probably going to just bully people and press coverage and
2: man. And like, I think that's what yeah, – I think he's here to, to show the special teams yeah. aspect. Like, you can see on his tape the ability at safety coming down, playing the run, but with him, like, Playing in space, in specials, like, he needs to take that one unwrap and just bury someone yeah. right away.
1: What did you guys think of uh, Beeksma so far? Uh, Jared Beeksma has been ripping around. Like, it was his 40 times a little stiff, but he also looks so under control. Yeah. Right yeah. yeah. Like, he seemed like somebody that's put a lot of work in at Guelph to try to refine some of the, the stupid little skills that go into this underwear Olympics.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, like, for me with Beeksma, it's and not to be, like, not that this is a bad thing. Like he hasn't surprised me because he's coming out and doing the things that i expected him to do he's right. testing like i expected him to to test what, uh, a little bit i mean that's
2: what we talked about with Brad ellerman too yeah like this, he's he's having a the day, day that, that you we expect thought, from him. yeah and like that's one of the things like with the combine is do you check the box right did you put in the work to come out and do the numbers that people totally. think that you're going to or do you exceed those or do you not put in the work or have a bad day and just kind of go downhill and at your draft stock i
1: actually haven't seen the bench numbers yet at
2: all they haven't came up yet okay. they uh they're going to be coming up during the one on one. i so did part of the did
0: see one tweet come out um somebody put up 27 reps it looks like that was the max or okay. the most
2: okay i mean that's a
1: good number obviously if that's a lineman then that's i was it i think was i think it was
2: M- no penny lorea oh go. yeah that's <laughs> what i, <did>. I <laughs> okay. it was penny larrea yeah <laughs> mark soraya coming out of the bench <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah he's he's off coach to uh <laughs> 27 reps but uh no, I, I mean, we're watching some of the offensive linemen get after the the three-cone, the L-drill here, and uh, when we get to pads, I think there's going to be some differences shown between these guys. I mean, they all look uh, like everyone here is competing at a relatively low... Like, no one's blowing people out of the water, across the water and yeah, right? Yeah,
1: this is interesting. Like, I was talking to um, someone from the CFL when I got here this morning where they said... Oh, it's just the regional. You know, it's not as entertaining as the as the national combine. The thing I I I always come back to that I think is important that people realize is that the national combine is the best of the best of the best from everywhere, yeah. and so the competition level is way higher. Like obviously, and so every single rep is going to be a battle, and every test is going to be consistently better. The numbers are going to be improved. But what I love about the regional combine setup is that you end up having a lot of the time like oh you know you're mediocre guys or they were top end talent or they're you know they're fringe players that maybe they get signed down the road but there's always 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 a handful of players that just pique your interest right That come out of the regionals and whether it's seeing them live like this like we're fortunate enough to be able to get down here to waterloo today and do or if it's being able to just see some of the numbers and you're like okay what what is that and it makes you go back and try to to understand them a little bit better and like Again, this is before we put the pads on and actually play football, which is the important part, but if I were to pick 5 that would have caught my interest today at this point, I would say just because of his frame, Neil, Yeah. It, like I and I understand he hasn't tested super well and blown anybody away, and I talked to a couple of CFL scouts and they said like, "Uh, you know, his tape isn't fantastic, and but he's a big body and he's, he's somebody huge. you can and he's work six with." Five. And he, I couldn't and like, believe in the vert, you, in the vert test when he just stood and mm-hmm. raised his arm, and his arm just kept going and going and going. Well, and you going.
2: look at even, like, just his shoulders and the frame that he yeah. has on his body, like, uh, it's so unique to see, right? And that's the kind of thing that as as a scout and as a team, you're kind of looking at and saying, okay, this is a one-of-one one frame. Yeah. How can we fit this? How can we work this? And how can we develop it. this? Yeah, how
1: do we teach this to be something that is... Because, I mean, the luther vanu comparison, just because yeah. of the frame we were mentioning when we were watching him standing around, and it was like... Luther probably had more mobility skills, I guess Mm -hmm. it's fair to say, like at that frame. So, but with Barnaba, the question then becomes, if you're a scout here and you're watching him closely, as I'm sure a lot of them are, you're going, can we turn him into something that can move better and like Mm -hmm. understand how to use his body better? Because if we can, holy bleep, like Uh, at that size, like how would you not be interested?
2: Every year we get these big receivers, right? I mean, we had Braden Linnaeus, who was Linnaeus Dickey back then. Yeah. But when he was going through the combine, he was the same kind of frame as Barnum but he moved so smoothly that you were he like. He was
1: funny because he had gone from receiver at Washington to tight end at New Mexico State. And then back to receiver. Back to receiver, yeah. and was like, I we didn't know what he was going to be. We, like, depending but on what he who came drafted. out. And
2: his route running was so smooth. Yeah, he was in and out right. of breaks. And then you get Luther, who, like we've talked about, like he was much thinner, but could move super well. And now we have Barnum who is this big over imposing physical presence but the movement skills just haven't been gotta you want them to catch up a little
1: bit so anyways that, yeah. that would be my first one then i would also say uh justice allen yep just yep. because he was so smooth like yep. like every movement test has been quick and smooth and like he's again i it is the underwear olympics as we always kind of jokingly call it but uh, the idea of being able to have like justice's shoulders and back are are running back, but he's small yeah, Like, he's still small, and that's yeah. that's where it's going to be interesting to find out how people are going to judge him. Um, outside of that, Hersog I think, is the other one. Who's uh, your defensive lineman from U of T, Wade, that we were talking uh, about earlier? Blake
2: Zerubiak. Yeah. Uh, he's a transfer in from Queens, but uh, he's had a solid day. He runs really smooth. Eh? We were talking yeah. about that when he's coming down the stretcher on the 40. And his body type is,
1: like, totally workable.
2: Three tech. Yeah. I think yeah. three tech, and then if you go three, four, you can put him as a tweener on the edge. Um but I, I, I don't see him as a true one tech, but like he looks like he holds his own. I mean, uh, we'll have to see that when we get into one-on-one, how he moves around guys instead of just delayed bull or yeah. straight bowling guys. But uh, he's he's having a solid day. I mean, if we're counting down the guys, though, Enoch Penny-Larea from McMaster, has yep. he's tested out of the water. Uh, he's just jumped out of the gym, lifted well, ran super fast. I think they're going to want another look at him against... The guys up, up at the uh, National, the Peter Kazushka, the Diego Alatorres, the, uh, the Zach Fries, all of the... <laughs> you didn't <LaValle>. get enough Mac <laughs> Western film over the last two years? <laughs> <laughs> the copious uh, the <laughs> amounts of uh, Saskatchewan and Laval offensive oh, linemen that we're going to get. But uh, I think they're going to want to take a look at him one-on-one against them. Uh, his numbers are fantastic, but if he, if he holds his own in the one-on-ones, then he'll for sure move through.
1: I actually got to go through and look at the National Combine... Uh, roster splits by position because usually that gives you a pretty good sense of mm-hmm. not necessarily they, they don't try to fill the national roster from the regionals just based on position elite but sometimes it can give you a sense like i remember a couple of years ago uh it, it was probably 2019 at the national, oh, they
2: only had like four or five DBs. DBs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was yeah, like, yeah.
1: and I'm looking at it. I'm like, um, guys, if you're gonna do one-on-ones, you can't have four <laughs> DBs at the national combine. You need so we've to, got
0: DBs are getting a lot of work with four,
2: six, yeah. six DBs this year. We've, okay. we've added. Usually, them. <laughs> so I've looked at. There's usually
1: eight of each. Yeah, like, they, and
2: we'll we'll pull. We still have two more regional combines yeah. to go to. Uh, we've got seventy line, uh, five linebackers. That's a little light too yeah that um, that, that ten, makes me wonder whether an offensive lineman. so
1: here's a question that makes me wonder whether or not enoch penny larea will get invited and be asked to take the split reps between the linebacker and d-line
2: that like, would make sense because we you and i have talked about him today as kind of that in between because his height isn't a, he's not he's not short by any stretch but no. he's not huge right he's not a big d-line you know
1: what i think will be an interesting comparison uh to put together and i'll do this this will be on at cf perspective on twitter and instagram um some side by side thoughts on guys coming out today that we've seen in person. Because I, I kind of jokingly said to you guys that Zach Herzog just is Jeff Hecht. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> for anybody who knows the CFL of the last decade, Jeff Hecht is just like thick necked free safety um, coming downhill. But for me, Penny Larea, <laughs> testing well, and albeit this this is a regional and this guy was at a national, but Kwaku Boateng was not a big body. No. Who tested Kwaku is tested super well, through but, the roof, right? right but like, he was explosive. Yeah, and we've seen explosive vertical, explosive bench, explosive yep. running. To, so I, I don't know if it'll directly line up, but I, I do find some similarities there between, between Enoch and him.
2: Um, we have five receivers, two tight ends, three running backs as well, and a quarterback. But we know that there is also a guest quarterback coming in from a certain Quebec school to help throw at nice. the national combine. So. Uh, you want to break some news here? You want to, uh, are we no, no, to no. do that? I don't <laughs> think so. do so. uh, Hey, guys, guess who's. Yeah, no. <laughs> Might get in trouble for that one. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. But, I mean, we have uh, as guest quarterbacks thrown here today, we got Evan Hillock, the young freshman quarterback from Western. And then.
0: Vanier Cup champion quarterback. Let's not leave that out.
2: <laughs> and then uh, we also actually have Trey Ford. Uh, Home school. I mean,
0: <laughs> get to see him throw twice. We get, yeah, right. we get so. two
2: combine appearances for Trey Ford. Also, shout out uh, Tyrell Ford is walking around today in Crocs, Crocs and socks. <laughs> Crocs and socks. Great so look. I, I was um, gonna make fun. Add of Add him to a plus, a plus <laughs> a couple spots on your draft board for that one. I, uh, I
1: was, I was talking with uh, a scout earlier today here, and I we were kind of both looking at Trey, who's been wandering around in this like white crew neck sweater. Yeah. He ju- he looks like he's Dan Marino in 1987, <laughs> just wandering in from the beach. And he's like, but the funny thing about Trey and the way he's carried himself just wandering around at this regional combine today at his home is that he just looks like he's constantly ready to just pick up a ball and throw. Uh, yeah. He had a ball in his hands. Yeah. All day, the whole he has time. literally had a ball in his he's hands. He's been wandering around and he looks so comfortable. He's like, I don't have to wear like super official, you know, CFL combine swag. He's like, I showed up in this, like, and th- to me, this is. And I know we'll talk a lot about him throughout combine season, but this is Trey Ford. Is shows up super comfortable in his own skin because he trusts the work that he's put in, yep. and he's just ready to play and he's show gonna blow everyone out. <laughs> yeah, like ready to show you whatever you need, whenever you need. Like as much as I love his athleticism, I think I love his mentality more because there's. I'm telling you guys from being around at regionals and national combines for five, six, seven years. I mean, even going back to when I was playing, when I would show up to support guys from my own school for yeah. de- the last decade. There's a lot of ego that goes into this stuff. Like, guys are really concerned with themselves. Trey doesn't give that off in the slightest. He's, like, running around helping people, folding up chair. I'm like,
0: this is awesome. He looks like a kid just out here running around having fun, and then you look at him and you're like, oh, that's, like, one of the best quarterbacks we've seen (laughs) in the last five years.
2: For For me, it's straightforward, though. Like, the ego thing, it's more surprising that he's humble because, like, you know you're the best quarterback. You know yeah. that you are, I mean, you are the defending heck great winner. Yeah. Yeah. You are the best player in the country. And to me, like, to the ability to come out here and be that nonchalant, walk around, like, he's been walking around, joking around, like, supporting guys from other schools. Uh, that, to me, is just as impressive, right? Like, Yeah, totally. And you and can run a 4-3, but the fact that you're this this kind of human being, I mean, that that's going to make scouts so excited, right?
1: So I... This is this is my takeaway too, and I'll try to only tell this story once and make it right now. But when he won the Heck this past year, I reached out to John B. He was my offensive coordinator, was doing mm-hmm. pass game here at Waterloo, uh, and I said, "Do you have Trey's number? I wanted, to, I just want to give him a call and tell him congratulations." Because like I've been around Heck Crichton Trophy winners, and I've seen a lot of guys that are special playing quarterback in university football in Canada and he's amongst the very best that like for me honestly it's right up there with Quinlan it's like if Waterloo had the talent that we did at McMaster when Quinlan was there who knows what they could have done romping their way through the national playoffs but it doesn't change the fact of how great he was at Waterloo and so I said I just want to reach out and like tell him I appreciate him like how cool it is to watch somebody be so great and so comfortable in their own skin in their craft and uh (laughs) and I called him and I was I was like hey man like because of the Vanier was in uh, Quebec City, right, yeah. this past year, so they have the banquet the night before, he wins the Hit Crichton, call him, and I'm expecting it's like 7 o'clock at night, the night after, and I thought he'd be like out celebrating, or like I've been in Vanier Cups where you get into the elevator, <laughs> and there's guys from like Regina and UBC hammered hanging out together because they went to the all-Canadian banquet the night yeah. before, right? And... So I called him, and I was like, "So uh, you're like, uh, sorry to bother you, man, like I'm sure that you're you're getting ready to like go out and have some fun with the guys or go out for dinner with your family or something." And he's like, "Oh no, I'm actually just at my track club." He was back in Waterloo already. He was training the day On after the he track, yeah, the day after he won the heck, he was back running, and uh, and for me, it's like those are the hero stories that you hear, and sometimes they get blown up where mm-hmm. people plant those stories like agents will tell media member." That wasn't a plant. I called him to just be like, hey, you should be really proud of what you accomplished. And he was like, thanks, man, but I got to go run. Yeah. I was like, that's... oh, my God. So th- that's why, like, that with today, with watching his game film and stuff, is he- he's pretty special. And I'll also say this, that i talking to somebody around here today uh, who said that they don't expect him to go, you know, one, two, three, like, no. stupid high. But this person that I spoke to said, I'd be shocked if he makes it to 15. Well, yeah, I think yeah. if we look at that's him pretty guys like that's pretty amazing. If we amazing. look at him and
2: Nathan Rourke, I mean, Rourke went what eighteen? If we're looking yes. at them side by side as prospect, Rourke has much better passing tape, but Trey, as a physical athlete, and he's shown the flashes that you need to see, um, and you don't have to teach him the Canadian game or the ins and outs of it because he's been playing it his whole life. He didn't go down south. He went to high school in Niagara. He went to through the OVFL with Niagara uh, Spears or whatever they were then. And then he came here to Waterloo. He's been in the Canadian game. He's played a bunch of systems. Uh, I think he's. I think he is absolutely in that range. And we have him, Connor and I, in, in the first draft 100. He was Eight? in the... I believe he, yeah, he was our 8th ranked player. He was in the top 10. Nice. And the which, reason
1: that I bring that up and the reason why I'm so excited by that is that like, I went through... Again, a lot of this is just old war stories of me, which I understand for the listeners get very tired. But it's like I watched... Lavic and I saw the quality of Danny mm-hmm. Brannigan, and I, yeah. I played with Quinlan, and I saw Will Finch coming up, and and like I understand some of those are injuries, some of those are size, some yeah. of those, there's always these little things that get in the way, but we're on a run right now
2: where well, it's like is it three straight drafts with O'Connor? Like
1: O'Connor gets drafted, and I'm like, wow, that's as high as anybody's gone since Jesse Palmer. It's like been 20 years yeah. essentially mm-hmm. since we've had a quarterback go that high. Follow it up with Rourke. Follow it up with Trey Ford, and that's why. When when I hear somebody who I really respect here saying I'd be shocked if he gets to fifteen like he does I'm, not get out of second I'm like, that's round. That's amazing. That's amazing though to me. Like mm. and it's and it shouldn't be because he's earned it. <laughs> but I, I just I love that we're starting to normalize and you don't want to say, you know, it's gonna be a consistent trend because it's always a year to year thing. There has mm. to be the next prospect coming up that's worth getting drafted in that spot. But i I don't know. It just makes me happy when I hear somebody who knows their stuff say that dude deserves to go before the end of the second round because i'm like that that's going to create legitimate excitement no matter where he goes
2: and i mean we've talked about trey ford as one of those guys that gets a mini camp invite to the nfl and with his speed and his athleticism he gets down to a mini camp marsh say he starts running around yeah does a team not look at him like arizona did with chris traveller and say hey we can keep him as our third string quarterback. Dwayne Cameron from
1: the Calgary Stampedeers told me today he's NFL fast. He is. He is. Yeah, he, he is. is. He's like he's running sixties <laughs> and stuff and he's like that stuff translates
2: yeah. and he will absolutely get a look based on his athleticism and they'll figure it out from there like you said. Yeah, saying. like you can you can hide him on a PR because nobody's going to care about this kid we, from this quarterback from Canada. Who <sighs> we've reached a wild place when we're having
1: a conversation about a Canadian quarterback. Um where he might get pushed backwards in the CFL draft because we're concerned about NFL teams signing him.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes. That
1: it is incredible. I, like, that take that It doesn't in. make any sense to me, but I'm happy about it. It's great. Have, but, you, uh, have
0: you seen, I can't remember what bowl game it was from. Like, I know you and I have talked about it, but there's a clip where Trey Ford is kind of, he's got the edge on the guy and then just finds another gear. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, like I saw him do this against, like I saw him do this in U sports in the OUA well, against like the, Canadian talent.
2: The CGS bowl or whatever. Yes. Yeah, yeah
0: exactly. And, and then I was like, but this is a whole different ball game and yes we have athletes and yes we're fast up here in Canada but when you go down and you're playing against guys that have been playing football since before they could eat for themselves right like <laughs> yeah. and then he turns the corner on a guy like that then you're like oh this dude is like fast fast this is real fast. The funny thing about Trey too is that he keeps getting faster.
1: Which is yeah. absurd. The, the longer he runs like he's fast at 10 he looks faster at 20. When he reaches 40, you're like, wow, that's top speed. And then he hits 60, and you're like, still running. F-. Like, he just, his acceleration, long speed stuff, I think is, that's the thing that really amazes people is uh, Justice Allen. Pop, how, pops through his shuttle. That looked pretty clean.
0: How, how often is it that... I'm so distracted. This is great. <laughs> There's so much going <laughs> on. But, uh, like, like, how often do you find it where your quarterback is also, like, the best guy on your track team? Well, just like and this is what I I
1: think is an incredible tribute to what Trey will be in the CFL, you know, assuming that he lands in the CFL and a team wants to build something around him is how often can you say really in football, but especially in the CFL, that the quarterback is the best athlete on the field? Because there's so much stuff in the NFL. Like, you know, way to be a Ravens fan. Like, every single time Lamar Jackson steps on a football field, he's the best athlete on the entire football field.
2: You know how many times we talk about calm minds, and I just sit there and go, like, I wonder what it would have been if Lamar Jackson didn't have the wide receiver stuff pushing him. Yeah. And he actually just decided, I'm going to go run the 40. I'm going to go have the best. Thanks a lot, Polian. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Thanks, Bill Polian. (laughs) But no, seriously, like, what would have happened what would his time have been would it have changed where he got drafted like would the ravens have had to use that 16th pick on him instead of trading back and going 32 um (laughs) it's so funny man like like just the dumb little things that get in the way i know i know but like that's where we're looking but him like if trey goes steps on
1: a cfl field yeah there's going to be freaky defensive linemen and yes you're going to have your ultra athletic yeah uh, you know division one defensive backs and stuff like that but like he would be And again, I don't want to say, you know, he's going to stand in and he's going to be a starter day one and he's going to throw for 10,000 passing yards and all this. But what I do know is that if Trey Ford's on a field, I think he's one of the 10 best athletes on the field and he hasn't even really peaked yet. Okay, so we always think that people peak when they're like finishing university, getting into the pros. This is who you are. Like three years. as eh? as, (laughs) as uh, As an athletic finished product. But then you start to realize there's there's more that they can learn and they'll they'll develop and even change and I'm so, not, so I'm like man what could, talking, what could he be
2: We're talking day one starter. Con and I had some fun this CFL season when uh, a certain rookie quarterback ended up being a day one <laughs> CFL starter. <laughs> yeah. If we get into the Nathan Rourke sphere, where all of a sudden Trey Kate Ford is, Trey Ford is tossed in last second Herbert style Rourke style, does he? Have the tools to keep a job right away, or do you think it's still like Rourke, where they kind of let him sit back for a year and then they just hand the keys?
1: I, you know, I don't even want to put that pressure on him by <laughs> speaking it into the world. So I'm, I'm just going to play the long game and say that I want him to have a a ten year career where we get to talk about him a whole bunch, like I think Rourke is going to have, hopefully in BC. And uh, so I would, no, it, no, it is a funny thought though. Where's the best place for Trey Ford to go? Where he could have a Riley Rourke relationship in his first year, Hamilton, Calgary. No, because Dane. I mean, Dane's the guy moving forward. Montreal, va is going to be their guy as long Ottawa. as he's still productive. Ottawa, Ottawa. Calgary. Ottawa's pretty good, man. But I also I like, I like Ottawa, yeah. No, it would be amazing if Ottawa went with one of the Philpots in their first round and then trade Ford no, in the second round.
2: No, 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 round. no, no. Oh, please no, give me no, Ford the Philpot. That is something I need for the next 12 <laughs> years of my life. This. You have to, if you're going to draft the Philpot, you have to do everything in your power to trade for the next up selection. <laughs> so you can get, <laughs> get the twins, okay? We've do talked think, about this. Do you think we're going to get that ridiculous. No, absolutely not. They're going to go one, two off the board. <sighs> if can you're going like, to draft one we, and someone else likes that Ford, swap A to B just like that. Can we
0: put in some sort of like appendix in this where like this year for this draft only it's like 2 for 1. You, you draft forfeit, <laughs> you forfeit. <laughs> you're next just year's drafting first round pick. the fill pots but you forfeit yeah, you forfeit next year's pick or whatever. And I how do you you can't separate those guys?
1: I'm genuinely interested to see how that gets shaped because there's no need like so I, it's a much 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 lesser extent. And I don't even know if they go by Herdman or Herdman-Reed or whatever at this point. Yeah, but, but the brothers. Yeah, but Jordan and Justin, I yeah. believe? Yes. yes. Um, so I was talking about them in all of my mock drafts the same way that year where I'm like, I don't really know how to split the hairs on the two of them because they're so damn similar and they're both very good and they play at the same school and they play the same position and they, it's all of that stuff all over again. And when they both signed in Saskatchewan, I was like, like last year or whatever it was, yeah. 3H, so I'm like, oh, they're going to be there for a while. And then this year, I think it was Justin that they just re-signed and they didn't bring back Jordan. And I was like, sorry? Like when you uh, see them get split and I'm like, oh, that's the actual business of football. So even if you want it, even if it's a a romantic thought for the Philpots this year in the draft, I'm like, I don't know if the business of football will allow that because they are too good to be packaged deals unless somebody does something crazy. Yeah,
2: I think with them though, like, you're going to get your rookie contract and then they're just going to meet up somewhere in BC. Yeah, probably <laughs> probably because Home- that's where their yeah. dad played. Wasn't it was in BC?
1: Yeah. Well that, and that's the thing too, is like if you get Rourke with the, both the Philpots pots in like two, three years, like, your that's ratio disgusting. your ratio is pretty set. A Brian
2: Burnham,
0: <laughs> Lucky White, Ed. An I mean, old Brian Burnham. <laughs> a veteran <laughs> savvy, savvy Brian yeah. Burnham. <laughs> savvy. <laughs> I knew savvy was going to end up somewhere in there. But. A savvy Brian
1: Burnham. But, yeah, I mean. Artie is savvy. <laughs> and it's funny, too. Well, yeah, he's been savvy for five years. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's the funny part of trying to assess down the line with CFL rosters, though, right, is that. Like we were, short yeah. So we were joking, if anybody wants a good laugh, go to our CFL, or, or sorry, our CFP uh, Twitter Twitter header, Twitter, header. Twitter header and just look at the image. I made that image when we launched CFP in like 2018, 2019. And it's like Nichols is a bomber. And uh, Jamie Harry from University of Ottawa is still a GG in that photo. He's been I'm pretty really sure that years. was like my rookie years. Yeah, that was and Tonus is in a U- T-Birds yeah, yeah. UBC and stuff. And it's like w- that that image was created two, three years ago, and it is so incredibly outdated. <laughs> Except for the William Powell Ottawa Red Blacks, number 29. The, yeah, that's the, coming back. Around. Connor mentioned, he was like, <laughs> you know what? If you wait long enough, maybe some of these things will become relevant again. But um, but yeah, trying to project down the road like where the Philpots could match up and where Rourke will be, it's like, we don't even know who's going to be the coach in half these places in three, four years.
0: I mean, for all we know, both Philpots could end up in Halifax. <sighs> That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's that's a deep conspiracy theory uh
2: i'm seeing some offensive linemen in shoulder pads Ooh, yeah they're starting. you know what that means
1: guys it's time for us to stop this we'll take a break we'll go watch all the on-field stuff i gotta get back to my scout <laughs> <laughs> smack in the gum smack in the gum making judgments and assessments as i stare at the brain trust of the toronto argonauts jim barker alongside vince mag i was gonna say
2: you mean vince
1: yeah. yeah i do you guys i'll put it on the poll cfp has jim barker ever gone anywhere without a manila folder in his hand (laughs) there's always just documents in his hand i don't know what's
0: inside the binder he was born with that manila wandering
1: around holding documents and uh yeah so we're gonna go i don't think there's
2: a hair of out of place on his head either no that is just slick (laughs)
1: It, it, it is funny though because it's like a throwback seeing barker here in the argo stuff but it's, oh, it's wild. But it, it feels like it's like a time machine, <laughs> but at the same time, it just makes a lot of sense. Like, when you see him wearing the yeah.
0: Argos A, you are know, like... it, Yeah, like, he walked in, and I saw it, and I was like, that just doesn't look out of
1: place at all. It also just struck me that, and this is something that kind of bothered me in season with both Edmonton and Toronto, is that they, up, they updated their branding, right? Mm-hmm. The Argos went to the boat, and, and yet on the sidelines, there's a lot of, like, the old shield with the a on it and it's like well in the nfl if a team like washington were to change their logo like i don't think that you would have a bunch of people wearing the old logo so it'd be nice if we could in the cfl update all the logos and have things be current uh, but it just struck me that Jim Barker's absolutely wearing a blue crew neck sweater that he probably has owned for over yep. a decade. 100%. and He just went back to the closet and was like, honey, I work for the Argos again. Let me get out my Argos clothing. Let the, me, like you know what? He probably has like the rotating here.
2: closet where like he <laughs> had the Argos and he just <laughs> <laughs> sends it back to the front. The no. Hannah Montana carousel car- closet.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm excited guys. There's people with shoulder pads and helmets on. Okay, we're Woo! done doing this for now. We'll, uh, we'll come back and talk to you about what we see after this. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Alright, uh, so this is is after everything is done it's quiet oh i probably just ruined their video over there i was clapping to (laughs) try and get things going cfl
2: mentors yeah
1: i gotta oh i have to make a powerpoint presentation for them tonight
2: have fun powerpoint
1: powerpoint PowerPoint.
0: like the like the powerpoint when we found each other on the peterman option route yeah okay
2: let's talk about that we talked about it in the pre (laughs) how nick peterman was gonna ice someone on a on a big option route First so, route. So <laughs> for the people that didn't see the combine, Justice Allen. Which is everyone but us. Yes. Got, got <laughs> concussed. <laughs> Justice Allen got concussed uh, I, in the well, one on one, would, one I, s- wouldn't I wouldn't say he, he concussed. got concussed. He, he got rattled and they he pulled him. He got his bell rung and they pulled him. Yeah. So they only had one receiver for, or one running back for one-on-one pass coverage. So they just started pulling in receivers, left, right, and center. We're like, all right, you play R for a snap. You play R for a snap. Yeah. One of them was Nick Peterman. And the first route he ran was a five-yard option route, which we all called.
1: Yeah, the background of this is that Peterman ran his 40 time, and he was struggling a little bit, but ran well. And I looked at Connor and Wade after he ran his 40, and I said, who cares? You put him on an option route, it's over. Like He's just going to kill him. And very first route that he went out, he ran an option route he burned a guy and then we all went looking for each other from across the field pointing and fist pumping <laughs> and nobody in the entire fieldhouse knew what the hell the guys from CFP were doing there they was like we there's like 3
0: there's like 3 Hamilton scouts behind me and like a couple a couple of like the stamps and like the bombers guys and they were just looking at me like
1: <laughs> Who are you pointing at, and what are you doing? <laughs> and then of course, I'm standing on the far side of the field, fist pumping and jumping. And they're like, "Okay, Marshall's doing something stupid." But I mean, honestly, the Hamilton Scouts by this point will know that I'm just an idiot, so uh, they they would be familiar with the antics of all that. But I mean, yeah, Justice. Unfortunate that he didn't get a chance to finish. Uh, the one-on-ones, um, he, I, I thought he was really solid all around. I don't think he was going to get invited to the national just because he probably would have got squeezed by the three that went through, uh, which if you're following on social media by the time that you're listening to this, you know that is Enoch penny going through from McMaster defensive lineman, uh, Adrian Green from St. Mary's, which honestly, super cool to see a SMU helmet. Yeah, going on to a national from a regional. I
2: I asked him about that before we uh before we interviewed him. That'll be a different episode. Yes. We're just plugging all kinds of episodes. He I don't said, even know uh, where any
1: of this is going to land. We're just said, recording a bunch of stuff and we'll
0: put it out when
2: on on Captivate somewhere. Yes. <laughs> he uh he said that he was initially going to defer the draft and then he decided late to enter. So he asked them if it would be okay and and if he could get to a combine and they said, "Well, which one? Because there's a SMU guy out at the West Combine and the school's out at East, but he's from Scarborough, so he just asked, is it possible to do Ontario? They said, sure. And a couple weeks later, a couple months later, he is now going to the National Combine. Yeah, that's awesome.
1: So it's those two, Enoch penny Lorea and then Adrian Green and then Zach Hersog, um as well, who is a defensive back from Hillsdale, which I asked Chris Jones today, Coach, do you know where Hillsdale is? And he, Ain't that Kansas? <laughs> <laughs> and then G-Roy Simon said, uh, no, it's it's Detroit. He's from Windsor. It's actually just over in Detroit. So uh but yeah, I mean it was it was fun to see guys with pads on again because this is the thing that makes the CFL combine unique that I always appreciate so much and is that it creates a little bit more of a spectacle and a little bit more of an entertainment value to go with it. And um so those guys move on. Uh and I mean big impressions from the day that I think I took away was In all honesty, people were just happy to be back doing football stuff in person. I don't think I heard a single scout, GM, CFL staffer, football operations person, anybody today, complaining about, oh, the drill's running long, or what are we standing around waiting for, or do we have the equipment that we need, all these little things that we used to get annoyed by whenever I would be around these combines, I didn't hear any of those today. It was just like, we're indoors, everyone's warm the winter in canada which is a nice thing to have but we're playing football there's people with helmets on from all across the country and they're going one-on-ones and i don't know it it just felt like a super positive environment because people have to remember last year was all virtual and the year before that it was basically full go but we had no idea what we were going to be crashing ourselves face first into in 2020 right so when they tried to get those off of the ground in 2020 it was like they did the ontario regional for half a day jordan williams tore up the combine then we shut it down
2: yeah
0: Right. yeah
1: so to be able to actually get a full one in and have i mean they're going to the eastern regional of montreal the western regional in edmonton
0: and into the nationals we go uh damn it felt good oh it was so nice so nice to like actually have my feet on turf again somewhere it was nice to like be around football be in the combine you're right like i think everybody in this field house today at one point or another had a smile on their face except for maybe The only the only complaining I saw was maybe G Roy Simon rolling his eyes when when a lineman celebrated a jump that wasn't too high.
1: Well, yeah, the background on that is they were doing the vertical jump testing and uh, the rest of the defensive line group sarcastically started cheering for a guy who barely got any rungs off the vertex and G Roy just wasn't having it. That was very much the face of a man who has been sitting in an office studying players for an extended period of time and does not have time for the boyish jubilation of sarcasm. Of a of a credit card height level <laughs> jump. Yeah, no. Under um, understandable eye roll on that one. If people want to follow at CF Perspective on Twitter, you'll be able to find uh, pumping out all of the results from the athletic testing that we had here uh, from the regional combine. I honestly at this point I don't know what the best overall performance of the day is going to be it was kind of difficult to piece together when they were <sighs> rotating in, and testing in, in all these different places but
0: in terms of speed it looks like it might be herzog he ran a four two one on his shuttle uh i think he was like a four four six one on his 40 and his three cone was six eight eight i okay, think yeah i mean that'll do it that's pretty good through all three
1: of those and then i guess you combine in the the vert and the shuttle or the vert and the broad yeah, I, didn't, I, think I didn't see don't. anybody do a broad jump today
0: No, I didn't see one broad, but they all have broad jump numbers. (laughs) Okay, good. And he jumped, I think he jumped like near 10 feet. (laughs) Damn. And some of the, it's
1: amazing the lower body explosion stuff. And he, to his point as well, I think Herzog sealed getting sent to the National Combine through the specials stuff, which, Wade, you said earlier that you thought he was going to. Yeah, that's what I, I I thought he was just going to body people in specials, and he did just that. There was only one rep where he had his weight too much on his toes and got push pulled and thrown off to the side by, I think, was it Beeksma that got him? From uh, it that's might
0: have been. It might have been Beeksma on the push pull. Sure, he did. But he did that. Beeksma made a nice move on that push ball twice, though, because he got Peterman with it as well once. Like Beeksma was a guy through the specials drills that impressed me, and it, that's what
2: that's what pushed him through too, right? Yeah, like he was the fourth guy. He he was the one that wasn't in the big announcement because he was outdoors long snapping. <laughs> <for everything. laughs> and the
1: the name that you just mentioned there, Connor, that I wanted to to personally mention partially because it's a personal connection, partially because it's just funny, and partially because he did really well today, is Peterman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like When, Super the, when they were going through the indie drills, and he ran good routes when he was... Uh, we joked about it off the top. But when he was in the indie routes, you can really see who's a technician getting in and out of breaks and yep. knowing where to put their feet and how to chop them. And it's just... There's so many little things, and you and I were standing watching the receivers go through cone drills in the individual session, and... I mean, Barnabas kind of feels like he got tired, like his legs were worn. He was not coming out of his brakes real hard. And yeah. you know, Ellerman looked like he was wearing down a little bit as the day went on because they did all the testing and then they put the pads on and yeah. then they, they've been running 40s, which is tough on the hamstrings. And then all of a sudden you got a helmet, shoulder pads on, you're doing indie drills and then you're doing team stuff. And it's just it throughout the day, you really get a sense to see who is in pretty good shape, which, again, I think helped Herzog because yeah. he never slowed down once in any drill all day. Yeah. <laughs> but then seeing the route running of Peterman in those indie drills, chop, 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 burst, chop, 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 burst. Like, turn to the left, run, turn to the right, turn. It was just bang, 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 bang. It was so on point that, uh, you know, he might not be getting the invite, but I'd be really surprised if he didn't earn himself some late-round throwaway pick this yeah. year. Or some, a but, camp invite at the league. At yeah. the very worst, the camp invite. Yeah. I just I can't imagine him sitting at home with the CFL season beginning after there's teams. And... The interesting part of this that people as well might not understand is that the process of inviting players to come to the National Combine, teams essentially are allowed to submit players, and then once they have the players that all teams are interested in, they go to a vote. And the votes get placed, they tabulate those votes. Once the votes are tabulated, that determines who goes on to the Nationals. That's great because you get usually the best players moving on. But if you're a team and you think you found a diamond in the rough, you don't suggest them because you don't want other teams knowing that they're up or interest from a different team because you might say, "Well, oh, I, I didn't have that guy. I, I don't know who who had him. Why did he end up on the sheet? Why? Is, oh, is he going to get votes? Well, no. But now people know that another team is interested in the draft. So, as much as scouts and GMs from the teams are working together to put the best talent in the national combine, there's also this gamesmanship of hiding players so that you like somebody and you don't let anybody else know. So you typically end up having the real true standouts that everybody knows. Okay, yeah, he's the best." That's been here that end up moving on and i think we saw that today
0: yeah yeah no i absolutely would agree with that it was uh i don't know overall it was just really fun to be around yep. football again yeah i right. was
2: i was happy to be back yeah uh one thing i will say trey ford throwing around i didn't, didn't seem to take any one-on-one reps i think carosello took the majority of them but he was standing here throwing around with his twin brother of course afterwards and that ball just stupid it, it's got some jump
1: i uh i i walked over to him it was actually why we ended up grabbing him for the podcast i walked over to him and i sarcastically said you got to stop throwing like that you're never even going to get to the draft before your arm falls off And he goes this i'm just i'm just hanging out he's like i'm like man if i had an arm that was that fresh and that durable i'd like <laughs> damn that would be so much fun to be able to throw it around like that but yeah i mean he was i, I don't want to put a measurement on it because who cares but it is combine season we measure everything so why not He was slinging it 50 comfortably. He was rolling to his left, throwing across his body and flicking his wrist and putting it 45 on a rope. Because of
2: the roof here, you can't even put like a a tier three ball on it. This has to come out on a line one.
1: This is the funny thing that I was uh, inside this field house, though, is that I could tell (laughs) that he was intentionally finding a way to shape the ball so that it was as close as possible to the roof without touching it and going to where he wanted on the target that was on the ground. I could see him like calculating it, and every time he threw it, it came within a foot of the roof but wouldn't touch it and would drop (laughs) to his receiver down the field. And I know that because I've been around weird quarterbacks, and that's a weird quarterback thing where we're like, let me see if I can not just – degree of difficulty down the field can i shape it so it goes as high as i want and ends up where i want <laughs> down the field and he was doing that just messing around for fun in here today so
0: and that's exactly
1: why he's probably not going to get past 15. yes uh, as we talked about earlier on so if you want more stuff on all of the combine season uh these good men are going to have you covered connor and wade on all canadian as we fire up the cfp podcast as you heard uh earlier on in the podcast feed here subscribe download follow at cf perspective on twitter and Instagram, and of course, cfperspective.com as well. Anything else you guys want to get in before we get out of here? Uh, See you guys in the
2: National Combine. Yeah, see
1: you at the National. hope you enjoyed it. Only a couple weeks away. Thanks for listening, everybody.